fortune, fame, passion, heartbreak, and success, all on this episode of Behind the Behind the Music. Today, we're going to shout at the devil. We're going to girls, 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 whatever that is. We're going to talk about Molly Crew. Ash, how are you? I am great. How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. I am. Yeah. I kind of needed to shower after watching this episode. <laughs> Maybe get some disinfectant. Yeah, yeah. It's it's quite happy, isn't it? So this is this is one of the, again we've talked about this before. This is one of the things when they were like, we should have a show where we talk about life behind the music. And Motley mm-hmm. Crue had to have been on their top five list of people. Oh, that had to be the pitch, really. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you know we'll get I mean? we'll get Millie Vanilli and Motley Crue. We'll fill yeah. in the rest with David Cassidy and Leif Garrett and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, Rick Springfield. Yeah, we'll throw him in there. It'll be fine. It'll be exactly. Fine. I mean, let, let's be clear. At this point, the Rick Springfield episode will have aired, and and he he and Lionel Richie Richie basically look like saints at this point. Oh, definitely. I mean, they didn't do any particularly terrible things, but my goodness, compared to these guys, we're coming to it. <laughs> So, all right, let me let me throw out some questions for you just about this band before. before. So, have you ever seen Motley Crue live? Were they like a band? No, I'm quite a late comer to the Motley Crue. Uh, the, I kind of remember them as a kid, but at that time, I was sort of still into like pop music and stuff. And I, Guns N' Roses was the one that hit me. I, I feel like I'm still like a comer to Mo- coming to Motley Crue. Like, I, yeah. I like they're not a band that I have like super affection for their music. Uh, definitely Guns N' Roses, though, I love. I oh, mean, yeah. but musically, I think we're talking about two different things in terms of... Well, we're talking about two different eras, really. I mean, like, Guns N' Roses is, like, late 80s. These guys are, like, early 80s. Yeah, and it's almost like Guns N' Roses kind of rejects... It's, like, a heavy rejection of these guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Chuck Klosterman, um, who is, like, one of the few authors whose books I read, um, not out of snobbery, but out of uh, mental laziness... Um, <laughs> He 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 has an essay in Fargo Rock City. I think it essentially argues how Guns N' Roses is like the bridge between the hairband era and the grunge era. But yeah. we'll, we'll 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 get to that. That's a that's a cool book. In is any there event, a Guns N' Roses episode of Band uh, there is, I believe there is one. I believe there okay, is cool. one. There better be. Because um, we got to get deep into the spaghetti incident, whatever that is. Oh man. <laughs> So, all right, so you've never seen Motley Crue live. You're kind of a latecomer. What do you think of when you, what are your feelings when you think of this band? Maybe the first three things that come to your mind. Hepatitis. <laughs> hair. <laughs> and, and I don't know why, but just like fighting in the street. I don't really exactly. know why. I, I would argue none of them are the music. I would argue that no. this episode, instead of like almost behind the music, like this episode actually um, warrants something that's like the music behind the behind the music because <laughs> they basically didn't talk about the music. They talked no. about girls, 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 and they named the albums, <laughs> but it was virtually incidental to the story of this band. Yeah. But to be fair, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, and I think, you know, Motley Crue are the one, the band that you, you, you don't, the music never comes to mind. Like, they have, but it was a shame, because they do have good music. And and Tommy Lee drummer, uh, Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee, I was like, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones is an <laughs> exceptional Jones. drummer. He was great in the future. Yeah. Tommy yeah, Lee. <laughs> 
He's, he's terrific in Under Siege. <laughs> As the villain in Under Siege. Don't forget, in Batman Returns. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and a terrific drummer in Motley Crue. But he, he is a... I think he's a, a pretty good musician. I mean, that, 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 that came across. Okay. Yeah. So did this... Did this episode did you learn anything new in this episode yes like i didn't know that vince neal like killed some guy oh yeah i i remembered that from the having i remember watching this episode it's one of the ones i really remember having seen more than once Uh but but yeah like why don't why don't we just jump around in the timeline vince neal killed a guy by all accounts i mean it was definitely manslaughter at the least I mean, he was yeah. under the influence. He drove however many recklessly. miles an hour. Recklessly. And even in the interview, he says, yeah, I basically bought myself out of having to go to prison for killing somebody. Yeah. Who was his friend. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, I, was just, it's like, I said to you earlier, this is like a true crime documentary with a bit of music kicked in <laughs> like that's it yeah exactly so if it's so if it's a true crime documentary all right so let's play this out as a true crime documentary for okay a moment. cool okay so in the in a true crime documentary they're often looking at like the um they're they're often they're, they're looking at the how right but but in some or the why not the how there's the how but then there's also the why and, and mm-hmm. when you're talking about serial killers mm-hmm. the why is almost like not is it explainable because I, I don't know what kind of life these guys had <laughs> nothing seemed like it truly explained their behavior no i think it was just they just got caught up in their own sort of hype which happens it happens all the time still happens doesn't it yeah yeah i guess so okay i mean it was like it was like early 80s though as well like late 70s early 80s and that was like party time wasn't it? like sunset strip in Hollywood must have been just a, like a river of puke for like a whole decade. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Pu- puke and hepatitis. You're totally yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. You're totally right. I think that's right. So if it was, so if you're watching the true crime episode of this and they're like reenacting different parts there, I can just see this, the psychologist, you know, being just kind of confused. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea why you did it. They just really like to party. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's take from a normal background. All right, let's get through some of the chronology or of the episode. Uh, and some of the great lines. So first of all, they were the ringleaders of a rock and roll circus featuring furious riffs and scandalous behavior. Rowdy and, <laughs> rowdy and raunchy, Motley Crue took sex, drugs, and rock and roll to unprecedented heights and depths. Gold. Uh. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> now, there were some really funny assertions in this. Like at one point, one of their... Managers calls them the Marx Brothers of rock and roll. Yeah, I, I caught that too, and I was like, "What? Uh, okay." Oh, uh, so which one is Groucho? If that's the case, and um, pro- probably Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, I would say Tommy, Tommy. or Nikki, right? Like either of those guys. Yeah. And then at the same time as we're talking about the Marx Brothers, they compare them to the Marx Brothers in this. Then they also say that their fan base was the American moron. And somehow... <laughs> which I don't think it's fair to say to everyone who likes Motley Crue. No. But, but there was... A, I know quite a few people that love Motley Crue, and they are not morons. There, there was some pride about that. Yeah. And one thing I really did love about this, this is back to the why and where they came from, 
they didn't really agonize over the. This isn't one where we had to like learn about their childhood. Yeah, no. The truck. That I mean, they I think drove all we on. learned in their childhood was like Nikki Six stole like his guitar, his first guitar, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, there we go." <laughs> Nikki Nikki Six is a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the true crime starts. There we go. And Tommy Lee really thought Peter Chris from Kiss's drum set was enormous, and one and one like just like it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and they didn't care if Vince Neil could sing; they just like the way he could shake his hips. Yep. And. And which is funny because when I think of Vince Neil, I, I don't really. I mean, this is not a band I knew anything really about when they were when they were around. I just, I just remember their album covers, and so my knowledge of Vince Neil is like latter year Vince Neil, who kind of looks like um, a soccer mom. Yeah, exactly, like a rotund <laughs> soccer mom. <laughs> Who, 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 like, or, or like, yeah, wrote, yeah, exactly. Or kind of like a blonde version of John Lovitz in The Wedding Singer. Oh my God. <laughs> like, can't you see? Like, Vince, like, if Wedding Singer was a musical, like, whoa. Um, <laughs> you know, like, you see The Wedding Singer, like, I just, like, that's what, because I saw him once perform on, like, an award show on television. And I was like, whoa. And so now I'm imagining him like gyrating his hips for a crowd. And, and I'm and I'm thinking, you know what? Like if the full Monty taught me anything is that guys of any um bodily shape can be sexy. And so that's that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. So they sell out the Whiskey A Go Go, which is a legendary music yeah. venue. And they just they want to build the craziest possible stage show again at no point referencing the music or the quality of the music nope <laughs> and they bring they describe them as funny cars do you know what a, do you know what a funny car is i think i know what one of these are no funny cars funny cars are um they're like yeah they're like a kind of car that it's like a it's a racing car but the top can like be lifted up like the 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 shell can kind of be lifted up and it's for drag racing. Anyways, oh, okay. They, I would not have known that. I remember this only because it was like the kind of thing in the eighties that you'd get in a matchbox car and they'd be like a blah, 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 funny car. Anyway, so they brought them on stage and they like rev them up and had flames coming out. And then it comes to this great moment where they say they wanted to find they wanted the best pyrotechnics guy so they would go out and they would look for the person who had nearly killed a band and then they'd hire that person or the person that nearly burned down the band and everybody which is like again this is motley crew this is and you compare this to let's say metallica who we did a few weeks ago mm-hmm. where the band was actually burned yeah but motley crew seemingly invincible well yeah I mean, yeah, he welcomed, Vince Neil was welcoming being on fire on stage. <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> so um, they they set themselves on fire. They do things that are absolutely crazy on stage. And one of the things they talk about is that they had all these famous people coming to see them, David Lee Roth, the Scorpions. <clears throat> and they were hanging out with them because they just assumed that, like, these guys would be gone in a year and they would be dead. And they wanted to kind of, like, soak up the experience. <laughs> That would be a pretty good assumption, though, really, at the time, wouldn't it? And this is where I think of... Do you remember Dennis Leary, the comedian? 
Oh God, yeah. Okay, and do you? I don't know if you remember his very famous. His, I don't know if it was his first, but the the tape that everybody had a copy. No cure of. for cancer. Yes, that one. Yes, of course. And one of his bits in it was something to the effect of Stevie Stevie Ray and I'm just giving full credit. Stevie Ray Ron, Stevie Ray Vaughan is dead, and we can't get Motley Crue in a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you like the guys from Motley Crue can do all of the drugs and they'll keep surviving. <laughs> And I, and as I watch this and they talk about the fact that they were doing, you know, drugs, alcohol, shooting, heroin, cocaine, loots. I mean, this was the first of the behind the music we watched where they have detailed the amount of drugs that they've. Excess. Yeah. Um, and that that in they describe Ozzy Osbourne when they toured with Ozzy Osbourne as a. Oh, mis- my. That story made me gag. <laughs> Ozzy is their mischievous mentor. Because he'd shave your eyebrows when you fall asleep? Yeah, and the popsicle story. The popsicle story. Well, like, they were in a parking lot or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ozzy saw, like, I guess, like, they had this thing where, like, they were trying to gross each other out, and Ozzy saw a popsicle stick on the ground that was covered in ants, and he snorted the ants, and I just nearly died. I have the chills. I think I blocked that out, but you're right now. (laughs) So so if I had to remember it, you had to remember it. So... So after they snort ants, Vince Neil murders someone, and yeah. he essentially has to stay in Motley Crue to pay off the $2.6 million in damages that he had to pay. He did go to jail for a month, though. Oh, he did go to jail for a month? Okay. Yeah. I thought he just had community service. Okay, so he did go to jail. All right. And he comes back in the game sober. Now, if you... If you had a friend that was trying to stay sober and they came back after killing someone and nearly derailing your career, how would yeah. you welcome them back to the band? You'd, you'd kind of help them out with their sobriety, wouldn't you? Exactly. You'd maybe be a little discreet. It sounds yeah. like this man did the opposite. Oh, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> heroin, cocaine. Nikki Six claims to have shot heroin on stage. Yeah. And then, and again, I would love to be talking about all the amazing time they spent in the studio creating some masterpiece album. They don't even touch that in this. No. I don't. I don't the do. whole thing, not a musical recording in sight. And this culminates in Tommy and Vince hanging out in a hotel room, loading a flare gun, shooting it, and burning a hole through the middle of their bed and nearly lighting the hotel on fire. You know what? Give him credit. The rock and roll. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's, it's, Who was it that said it? Like, Was it Tommy that said it? Like, We wanted to throw a TV out the window and it's like, well, we knew it was wrong, but it's like, if you had the opportunity, you'd probably do it yourself. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I look, I've known that especially teenage, uh, my experience with teenage boys, I'm not saying that all people of, you know, all genders don't behave this way, but I do know that like when you, when you live in sort of dorm life or you're sort of alone with your guy friends, when you're, the hormones are raging and you just do like, you do do stupid things. And Mm -hmm. this is, I guess that on steroids with tons of money and then throw in drug and drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Just have like people doing insane things and they didn't seem particularly regretful i mean this was maybe one of the most remorse like vince neal felt bad about killing that guy but aside from that there was no other remorse from any of these dudes 
No. But, they, I mean, to be fair, I kind of took it all with a grain of salt because, like, they did seem kind of, like, humorous about it. Like, not, like, cyn- not cynical or anything. Like, they, they just, they knew how ridiculous they were. And I think they, they were sort of in on the joke that this is, like, yeah, our history is ridiculous and we're, we're aware. Yeah, that's a good point. And now, <laughs> now we talk, now we hear about Nikki Six. He jumps into a car naked with girls chasing him. In another car, I presume. Maybe in the street. Who knows? Who knows? Drives into a telephone pole at 90 miles an hour. Survives. Hitchhikes home naked with a dislocated shoulder that some, like, dude at the party (laughs) tries to set and, like, further breaks his shoulder. Ugh. Now, I gotta say, of all of the things in this, I'm like, wow, man, that's really not fair to your band that you broke your shoulder. Like, they rely on you. (laughs) I mean, the driving drunk is a crime, and one for which you deserve to go to prison, but wow, that's pretty selfish to break your arm. How dare you? Now let's, now, now, now let's get into the, the love relationships here. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee's first wife, which I did not know, I did not know this, is Heather Locklear. Yeah, you didn't know that? I did. Who was on both TJ Hooker and Dynasty at the time. I did not know that. And when they show the interview and they talk, he talks about how they didn't see each other much. She says, that's okay. We're doing our own thing. (laughs) That marriage was built on solid foundation, solid foundation. And then not only that, I mean, again, Heather Locklear, who I don't, so many young men of my generation will always love, but Tommy Lee, according to him, leaves her because he wanted to be a family man and be a dad. Yeah, like, who would have thought that coming? <laughs> and she was like, nah, not ready. Not good. I mean, and, and I would say her taste in men, she was with Richie Sambora for all those years. Oh, are they not together anymore? I don't think so. I think that Oh, ended. girl, I have to find out now. I, I thought I, they were still together. And I think, and not only that, I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like she was cited many times hanging out with David Spade afterwards. Oh, I like David Spade. I like David Spade a lot. The idea of David Spade getting to date Heather Locklear, that's like a victory for men of an entire generation, right? I guess. I don't know. I'm one of those girls that, like, sense of humor is, like, the key thing. No, no, sense of humor, absolutely. (laughs) But I would say this. If, so, Heather Locklear, Uh married to Tommy Lee, Uh married to Richie Sambora, Mm-hmm. And then David Spade, you just, you wonder, those aren't guys that I would say, like, are known for their sense of humor. I mean, maybe they're funny, but it's not like she is a, you know, she, like, goes for the cerebral stand-up comedy type. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, so they do a bunch of more stupid things, including breaking a glass window on the bullet train. Uh, In Japan, yeah. Yeah, and, and so at this point, I looked 37 minutes into this episode. 37 mm-hmm. minutes. Oh, they get in a brawl with Yakuza guys that pull guns on them. Oh, yeah. So 37 minutes into this episode, and they still have not discussed any details of writing or producing this music. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't start there. Because that part's not interesting. We don't care. And then and then you get to the next part. Like, this is the definition of behind the music. It just should have been called behind. <laughs> Nikki Six, yeah, N- Nikki Six, um, then dies from shooting heroin, having yeah. a drug dealer shoot heroin into him. Comes back to life, 
after having an out-of-body experience and two adrenaline needles pumped into him, and then yeah. goes back to shoot more heroin. And and they kind of claim they're sober by the end of this episode, and I'm sort of, like, not super convinced. No. No. Then they play... Oh, then this is great. They play Moscow for a sobriety organization for, for the 70,000 people and get all grumpy that all the rock stars are, like, high out of their minds. <laughs> You can't write this, though. You can't yeah, write this stuff. Right, exactly. All right, so Vince Neil gets fired uh, for reasons that are unclear to me. They get some guy named John Karabi. Tommy Lee's marriage falls apart because of the kids thing. And then a really the, the truly sad part, and this is probably the saddest thing that happened in all of the behind the musics, but Vince Neil's... Uh, daughter has a tumor and dies of an oh, aggressive yeah. form of cancer. And that, that really, that was not something I'd heard of. That's not something I knew. That's not something that happened because of some horrific, dumb rock star behavior. This is really a, a terrible tragedy to happen to one of these guys. I mean, other than Cliff Burton dying, this is as bad as the, as mm-hmm. bad as anything that I've heard. And he was, he came away, I, I came away quite sympathetic for him the way he talked about that part. And, and how sad he was. Then they make an album called Generation Swine, which, like, ugh, and hang out with Larry Flint. Yeah, more hepatitis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tons, tons of, exactly. Ooh. Love it. <laughs> and uh, then they start talking about, like, again, they try to start painting them as this edgy band. They they were the first to drive Harleys. They were the first to use the internet. And I'm just sort of like, hey, I think the Grateful Dead were way ahead on the internet thing before Motley Crue was. But in 1997, I guess, Tommy Lee bragging about answering his email was, like, probably very novel <laughs> at the time. <laughs> The fact that any of them could work email or the internet in any way, shape, or form is kind of monumental. What were they working it on? Did they bring like a massive computer on the tour bus? <laughs> Mainframe, like, like they're, exactly. they're coding in DOS. Exactly. <laughs> so like plugging things in in the dial-up in their hotel room so they can respond to their emails. You know happening? what? Nikki Six is probably like a genius coach. He's probably behind Google, and we're <laughs> we're not even giving him the respect that he deserves. That 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 is possible. He came off as the most lucid of the group, which is amazing because he seemed like the biggest nut yeah so now comes what i would say is a pop culture moment that in some ways eclipses motley crew for probably a whole generation of people and that is the pam and tommy tape oh yes do you remember when this happened yeah, I remember hearing it all. It was in like People magazine <clears throat> and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was on television, like not 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 the actual video, but like discussion of the video was on. Yeah, nonstop. And there was always there's always this interesting epilogue, which they talk about how they struck a deal to actually just market the video and make money off of the video because it was something that couldn't be put back in the. Well, yeah, once it's on the internet and once it's out there, it's never going away, is it? And then there's this other piece, which is Vince Neil had his own sex tape come out. And he was like, yeah, don't fight it. Don't make a big deal about it. And no one will make a big deal about it. And my answer was And like, no one did. I'm like, I guess not, because I didn't know what he was talking about. And he's not famous nope. for it. And he didn't make money off of it. Yep. <laughs> so, I'm, uh, yeah. 
So then Tommy Lee turns out to be a piece of garbage because he beats his attacks his wife and he gets um, he goes to jail for real, which I guess mm-hmm. I'm glad he served his time. Uh, and then uh, Vince Neal and Nikki Six marry Playboy Playmates. And, of course they do. Like all behind the music, it ends with them touring behind some album that no one remembers now, but that they were releasing in the '90s or something like that. And they're stronger yeah, yeah. than ever. And what I wrote in big, bold letters at the bottom of this was, except for Vince's daughter passing away, worse stuff happens to these guys than any of the other guys we've seen, and I don't feel bad for them at all. <laughs> well, it's all self-inflicted, you see. Oh, maybe that's it. It's self-inflicted yeah, and almost with like joy, right? Well, they were they were enjoying the decadence of the '80s and '90s, I guess. All right, so if you're casting this as a, um, or if you're if you're turning this into a show, okay, who is your hero and who is your villain? Oh Lord, um, I think Nikki Six would probably be my lead hero because. Okay. Uh, Like you said, he's most lucid and knowing what I know of him now, because I actually went and like read a a bit about them after I watched this. So I was like, these guys are weirdly fascinating. And he's really like on the straight and narrow and he released that book, didn't he? So I was like, "Hmm, yeah, he's kind of like, this is what happens. Kids don't do drugs kind of guy. Oh, all right. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, Tommy Lee, we were we were earlier in the pre-show talking about the movie Mobsters. Tommy Lee <laughs> comes off like uh, Richard Grieco's Bugsy Siegel in the movie Mobsters. You like, definitely. Snap at any moment. Super, definitely. Super playful. Yeah. <laughs> but might kill you with a drumstick. Exactly. Yeah, no, he's definitely the villain. Uh, yeah, He or, or like the devil, like, you know, like, like, there's like the devil on your shoulder. You know, like, like he's like, yeah, let's Vince, let's shoot that fireball into the bed and see what happens. Oh, man. And, yeah. And of these members of the band, maybe this your answer is already. I can't remember the fourth guy's name, by the way. He was, other than that mustache, which was amazing. Oh, uh, Mick Mars. Oh, Mick Mars. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who they described as what, like an alien from another planet? Oh no, he <laughs> described himself. <laughs> it was fitting, though. Yeah, he described like. himself in his ad. So, uh, it, would you? Uh, sorry. So, so your hero in the story is Nikki Six, but which one of these guys would you want to hang out with? Are we talking now or then? Because oh. I wouldn't want to hang out with any of them then. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you're like, uh, you're like I'm going to hang out with another band. Yeah. yeah. Is David Cassidy around? Yeah. <laughs> For my speed. <laughs> What's Andy Gibb doing? I think he was probably not alive. Oh, no. Maybe I would go with Molly Crew over Andy Gibb. <laughs> Fair enough. But now, okay, so if you get to hang out with one of them now. Again, I think it would be Nikki Six. So I will. I, I would say I think you make a strong case for Nikki Six. I want to hang out with Vince Neil. Uh-huh. Um, because I can just imagine like going to a karaoke bar with Vince Neil. Uh-huh. 
and you know not doing any sort of like misbehavior but I, I just think he'd be a really fun guy to sing like to do like a duet on Paradise by the Dashboard Light or like the songs from Grease with I feel like that would be super well, fun well he is a soccer mom yeah exactly he's, yeah. he's like my, my aunts at the bar mitzvahs who always want to <laughs> sing along to the Grease music who have that one drink too many and they're yeah. like up on the dance floor oh yeah oh. <laughs> we have a cousin actually who who did that at our our wedding and uh we have pictures of it in video and i mean al and i got married like over 10 years ago and no matter what whenever we get back together at a family occasion everyone's like oh i'm not gonna say his name but uh so-and-so gonna get on the stage again he's like <laughs> oh god i'll never live that down no friend you won't <laughs> Okay, so let's let's t- I talked I said Richard Grieco, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you Richard Grieco for some reason. He's going to play Tommy Lee in my Okay. Okay. In my movie. Who do you cast in the Motley Crew roles? Ooh, Motley. And you can't have the guys in Spinal Tap because otherwise you just end up with them. <laughs> okay. Cuz otherwise Mick Mars is Harry Shearer. <laughs> that's a very good. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, okay, let's see. I'd probably cast, you gotta cast like Jared Leto or something. Oh, he would do a good Nikki Six. Yeah. He would do a terrific Nikki Six. Uh, right, he owes us if he gets that part one day. He would make it like, that would become, instead of like a like the Richard Grieco movie that I was coming up with, that would become an art film that would win <laughs> awards. No, that's when Shia LaBeouf comes into play. Oh, it's right. like some art experimental thing. Right. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf is Mick Mars. Okay. <laughs> There you go. See? Sold. Sell off. A silent movie. And then that leaves us. So who plays Vince? Let's think. I would say Brad Pitt's too old. You know what I'm, I'm going to go with? You know what I'm going to go with? And this is a little bit in tribute to you, but I think that Wendy McClendon Covey could crush it as Vince. <laughs> I'm sure she will kill you for this. I mean, she would crush it. She would crush any part, period. She'd crush but, any but I would enjoy her doing Vince Neil. I think that would be great. I I would pay to see it, but I'd pay to see her in anything. Yeah. So. But she can, I think of like that sort of, um, that, because we've really pigeonholed Vince Neil as this crazed soccer mom. I think of the character <laughs> she played in Bridesmaids, the, the mom oh, yeah, every on day, vacation yeah, yeah. for the weekend. So, <laughs> so we've. Vince Neil. I've got a new tube top. I want to cut the tags off. <laughs> I'm just imagining now Vince Neil, just regular Vince Neil, not Wendy. Vince Neil driving <laughs> in a van with like a bunch of kids in like his little hat, little like visor, dropping kids off at soccer. With you know like he a is. Cooler like ice swearing cream. under his breath. I mean, I hope he is. Considering what happened to his kid, I guess I wish this for him. Um, yeah, yeah, true. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> So I, I want to I want to introduce a new challenge for you. All right, are you okay. ready for this new challenge? This is this is tough. <laughs> okay, but I came up with it. Great! Earlier. I'm glad you're doing it live on air. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's live-ish. <laughs> if you had to rename this episode, <laughs> syphilis and stuff. <laughs> See, you crushed nothing. It. You, you can like it. come up with. You crushed it. Syphilis and stuff. Syphilis and stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, that's it. That's a mic drop right there. There you go. Okay. Got nothing else, guys. All right. Uh, body part showdown. Ooh. I have a really. I have a tough time 
picking a single body part in this one. I, I, there's I'm, a lot of them. There's, you know, so I'm going to give you, 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 can, you can pick who you're going to do the showdown, even though it looks like Shania is going to continue to. By the way, a shout out to the CD seller in Virginia, where I go with my daughter on a regular basis. We definitely picked up a haul of all of Shania's albums from the, uh, oh, nice. from the bin. Yeah, there was, a, they were in the, the reduced clearance bin and we, we got all of them. Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. I now know the Honey, I'm Home song that you really like because I've listened it's to it like a hundred right, times. It's great, isn't it? Oh, it's so terrific. fun. <laughs> All right, so we've got Shania's Midriff, which maybe that should be, if we're renaming things, the new name of this podcast, just be Shania's Midriff. Shania's Midriff versus. Shania's Midriff versus none of their hair can do it. The, I will say, I think of Tommy Lee's at Tommy Lee's Tommy Lee's abs on a regular basis because I feel like oh with all the tattoos and the stuff tattoos I think of <laughs> Nikki Six's heroin arm a lot oh yeah that's kind of creepy and I, I don't feel right doing McMars's mustache because I don't know if that even does it I don't feel right doing anything McMars really and so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna you can pick you can pick Tommy Lee's abs or uh, Nikki Six's heroin arm. Uh, I'm terrified of needles, so I'm going to go with Tommy Lee's abs. Okay. And so that, so those abs versus Shania's midriff? Uh. Who, who wins? It's like a belly showdown. Well, you see, we could kind of argue the same thing with Tommy Lee's abs as we did with Shania. Because Motley Crue, whether people want to admit it or not, were the first sort of breakout band of the genre. And they were the first ones with all the tattoos. You know, like up until this point, it was just sort of, I don't want to say wholesome. It was like the mamas and the papas and stuff like that. Like none of them had tattoos. Whereas like these guys came onto the scene and it was big hair, eyeliner, tattoos and all that sort of stuff. So they did kind of like bust down a wall there, opening up this genre of, of music that lasted like a decade. Okay. I feel like that's a fair case for the abs, but we're still both going with Shania's midriff, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. That's a good case. No, I'm glad you made the case. To, I just wanted to give them, you know, a chance. No, I there. Just I mean, I like believe. Shania. I believe right now. I believe. I, I'll never forget that he had a band like Methods of Mayhem or something like that, and he has the word oh, yeah. mayhem like tattooed across his stomach or something like that. Yeah. And I think as a dude, you can only do that if you're gonna if you're committing to a lifetime of having serious either abs domestic or, or, issues. or, or <laughs> domestic issues god <laughs> oh, we just went dark anyways the point is is that they are impressive abs but Shania's midwif midwif which is now one two one two three four five six has beaten six different artists I th we're gonna have to retire her soon man like she might, nobody's standing a chance right exactly we might we might have to uh well i don't know what does leaf garrett have going for him his hair he's next i think so oh christ leaf should i again <laughs> All righty. Do you have any any parting thoughts on on the crew? Uh, shout out the devil. <laughs> I, don't know. I got nothing really. You mentioned it in the opening, and I was really happy because I really like that song. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard it for my first time during this episode. Excellent. Uh, I, I think I think my closing thoughts are they are they are important for like they they this they're. They did terrible things that just would not be acceptable today and shouldn't be. 
but they are part of the lore of rock and roll history. And they're more legit than some of the other guys that pretended to be that way. Like when we get to Guns N' Roses, you'll see Guns N' Roses, they weren't like this because Guns N' Roses were truly terrifying. Like they were like, like these guys are like having, they were playful. Like they're not scary. Yeah, exactly. Um, So that's that that's these guys all right anything anything in your anything you want to plug or mention or shout out to um anybody in sheffield my uh improv group the antics has a show on september 1st that's awesome super what can people expect lots of laughs uh probably a bar might be open as well so you know always makes it always makes a comedy show awesome there you go. Exactly. That's awesome. That's really cool. I, one day I will I will see the antics live myself. I hope. I hope the world does. And where can people follow you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm comedy underscore girl, and on Instagram I'm improvinator. Cool. You can follow me at pancake four table on Twitter and Instagram, and <clears throat> follow the other podcast that i'm on friday night movie with my sisters and i think that brings us to the end we heard the success heartbreak passion fame fortune glory and murder yeah murder (laughs) and absolutely (laughs) irresponsible behavior of bob (laughs) ash thank you so much have a great week always a pleasure (laughs) bye-bye